Hello, this is Bill Lytell again with some news you can use in a little podcast here. I want to talk about a very important subject. You have a generational problem in our day that folks think that the way we worship independent, fundamental, Bible-believing Baptists, uh, we, the way we worship is, is uh, outdated, uh, unnecessary. Uh, we're, we're, we've done it just because it's a tradition to do. Or we've done it just because our dad did it or our grandpa did it, and that's why we do it. And the young people kind of want to define their own generation. And let me say this is a truth. Every generation seeks to define itself. That's a, it can be great or it can be problematic. Uh, they want to just be different to be different. That would be wrong. If you have something that's working, that's good, that's good in principle, uh, you shouldn't change it. Uh, if there's a reason that people are doing it, just because you're a new generation. Uh, I picked up the methods of worship uh, from the people that I grew up with, and I'm still practicing them. I'm still using the old King James Bible, which is, you research it all you want, it's still the best English-speaking Bible in the world. There is no better translation, no finer uh, piece of work than the King James Bible that God has preserved. And yet I'm, I'm, so I'm still with that. That was 1,600. So we've, we've used that now over 400 years. And it's still good. Why change it? If it's good, it's working, and saving people, there'd be no great revival without it. So that's an example of, of using something, not because other people did it, not just blindly taking it because we've been given it before, but we're doing it for a reason. I reading through the book of Nehemiah, I was amazed and and not shocked, but I was amazed at how similar the methods that Nehemiah used in worship are to what we're doing today. And if I may say this, what dis- what makes the independent fundamental Bible believers distinct is that we care about the Word of God literally. We believe the Bible to be taken literally for the people of God. We believe the Bible is not trying to hide truth, but the Bible is trying to expound truth and show us what what is truth. Not trying to hide it in some dark sayings. Uh, there was a years ago where this code thing came out. The Bible had that some guy had said, "Oh, I've, I've discovered a special secret code." No, no, no. There's no special secret code. God is forthright. He's not mocking us. He put the Bible in the language that we can understand it in our mother tongue. For the most part, most people have it that way, or at least have it where they can understand it. And so He wants you to know the truth. So we see Nehemiah is around 2,500 years ago. And so for 2,500 years, God's people have been doing things very similarly. Why? Because that's the pattern that God gave us to do, and it makes sense. It's not just the pattern, but it makes sense to do this pattern. Let me give an example. In Nehemiah chapter 8, Nehemiah gathers all the people together to talk to them. Let me read you a few verses. And all the people gathered together, Nehemiah 8.1, gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra, the scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So they wanted the Bible there. You don't have a service without emphasis on the Bible. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. They didn't have a bunch of babies crying, screaming babies in the in the service. They wanted a service. When, we, when they brought the Bible out, they wanted a service to be 
a place of learning, a place that was friendly to hearing, uh, so people could hear. You can't have a bunch of screaming, crying, unhappy babies. And so they, had, if I may say it this way, they had a nursery because they had to put the babies somewhere because back then they had a lot of babies. They put the babies somewhere and people, men and women, both men and women that could understand. So kids that could understand and be quiet were allowed in the service. We're still doing that today. Same thing. Makes sense. Now there's a group of people that say, oh, preacher, we should have our babies in the service. We should have the whole family in the service. Not if you want to hear what's going on. Not if you respect the importance of what we do. Not, not if you have a, a fear of God and that you care about his words and you don't want a baby screaming, messing up 20 people in a circle around that kid. I've always said this, even a pretty baby, a happy baby, a content baby will distract 15 or 20 women uh, behind them and before them and beside them uh, at, in a church meeting. You just simply, it's just not wise and it's not respectful to what we do to have babies our children that cannot contain themselves, cannot be quiet and listen and understand in a service that we do. So I just went through the chapter 8, and here's what I found. In Nehemiah, we, they emphasized the book of the law, 8 when I said that before. They, they used a pulpit of wood in, in chapter 8, verse 4. We still use pulpit of wood. We don't use Lexan. We don't use see-through material. We don't use plastic. We believe just in using the old-fashioned pulpit of wood. It was good enough 2,500 years ago for God's people, and pretty much since that time to today, it has been good enough. I'm going to stick with it. They had a nursery for the small kids. I'm going to stick with it. They, they had pulpit, they had said in 8.5, um, was raised above the people. That's so everybody can see. It's not to make the man of God any higher or better than anybody else, but it's, it's where people, uh, it's logical to where if what you're doing is important, you want to be able to hear, you want to be able to see, and by the grace of God, you want to be as comfortable as possible so you can learn. Because if you've got some pain or you're sweating like crazy, it's pretty hard to learn. And Nehemiah preached out of the Bible and explained it. We believe in explaining the Word of God, expositional truth, 8.8. The people responded with amen in, in verse 6 of the chapter 8. They said amen, amen when Nehemiah said it. The people stood at the reading of the Bible. Now, I don't, I don't do that at gospel, but other people I've gone to, when they bring the Bible out and begin to read it, everybody stands. It's reverent. It's Bible. It's, it's good to do. Some of them raised their hands to God. There's nothing wrong with raising your hands to God. I went to Tabernacle Baptist Church, Greenville, South Carolina, Harold Seidler, and people raised their hands to God and shouted, Glory to God, amen, when, when they believed something was true. It wasn't disruptive. We heard what was going on, and we were encouraged when we left those services. Well, they did that back in Nehemiah's day. They bowed their heads before God in reverence. When we pray, we close our eyes, bow our heads. People say, young people say, why, why do you close your eyes and bow your head? Because it's a reverence to the God we serve. They celebrated after the service. After the service in Nehemiah, they went out to eat, if I may say it that way, and fellowship together with joy. You can read uh, chapter 8, verse 10, and confirm that to yourself. Uh, they, they went out and rejoiced together. They rejoiced. Why did they rejoice? In 8, 12, they understood the Bible. They rejoiced that they understood the things of God. Now, here, what I'm trying to get at, I guess, in this short podcast is, look, why do we do what we do? Why do independent fundamentalists do what they do in the services they have? Because God's people 
we know at least for 2,500 years have been doing it this way because it is a logical way, it's a common sense way, and it honors the God that died for us on old rugged cross, and it gives him reverence and a, and a great fear of God because we want to hear and understand the things that he's done for us. Rock and roll music bringing the world's methods into the, into the church will destroy the worship of God's people. First of all, it, it, it will cause the anger of God to be raised at the things of God because he can't stand bringing the things of the world into the church. You study that through the Old Testament, you'll see that one of the flaws of Israel was that they brought the worship methods of Baal into the worship of Jehovah. They brought the various worship methods of the gods around them into and inculcated and mixed them with their own worship methods. And God destroyed them for that. And he detested their their sacrifices and and he detested their songs and he detested what they were doing because they had brought in the wicked things of the world. And I'll tell you this, and this mentioning that this isn't supposed to be about music, but why we don't have rock and roll music is real good common sense. It's because it is originated, bred, and and birthed in in the world around sensuality and sexual promiscuity. And we don't want something like that brought into the things of God. Common sense. If you read through the Bible, you'll see it. And the people of God do what they do, especially independent fundamental Bible believers. We do what we do because it's in the Bible to do it that way. And we believe that that honors God the best and good common sense. I hope this helps you some. At least it may tweak you. You take a further look on this and see why we do what we do. A little bit of wisdom for your walk.